couple of pictures here in just a moment. We haven't had time to download the video yet. Brad did a great job with it, but I, I want to just share from my heart today the Word of God. I believe the word today that the Lord gave me is, what is going on in the world? What is going on in the world? We, if we have the victory, what is going on in the world? And when we went over to, to Uganda, and if I seem a little sluggish, it's just because I am. I am tired. But I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not sure what time my body thinks it is. Uh, but glory to God. Uh, I, one thing I found out, Brad is a lot tougher than I am. And that's, therefore, I like to have him along because he carries my bag up and down the, chair, the stairs. I used to be so vain. It's like, you're not carrying my bag. I didn't say that to him, but it's like, you're not carrying my bag. And now, <laughs> you can carry my bag. I, I don't really care because I want to get the top of those steps, and I want to be breathing. <laughs> but it, 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 I just thank God for all of you. We hesitated, Pam and I praying and thinking about this right up until the last minute to go. What are we going to do? How are we going to help them? What are we, we just, there were so many unknowns. Right now, there are 200 people in, in a group in the United Nations refugee camp, Rhino camp, just outside of Aurora, Uganda. And they're somewhat huddled down there just getting by day by day. And uh, 128 of them are the orphans. Uh, the balance of whatever that is to up in 145, they have kind of infiltrated with extended families uh, in that area. Some of them, um, unfortunately, went out into the bush to live. Some of them are in possibly other countries. We don't really know where they are. And uh, I don't want to say this all through the message, but you can have a lot of questions. Well, why don't they do that? Why, 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 why? You just have to be there, folks, to see what's going on. It is the most overwhelming experience I've ever seen in my life. The camp that we were in has 58,000 people that have fled, most of them from the Sudan and the fighting that's going on. And of that 58,000, there are probably 70% of them are children. Children everywhere, everywhere, just surviving day by day to get through. Not enough food, not enough water. And uh, you might say, well, why doesn't the United Nations supply more food? Why don't they supply more water? Just a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so, they had 4,000 people in that camp. They went from 4,000 people to 58,000 people. When the children and all the people arrive, they get poles. They take the poles out in the field. They put the poles in the ground. The United Nations gives them a canvas, and they throw the canvas over the pole, and that's their home for who knows. And everywhere you go, you see these white United Nations tarps, and it's just people huddled down, children walking around. Our children, and you'll see some pictures in just a few moments, uh, they were different this time. Um, they, they didn't have as many smiles. Uh, they looked like they had been traumatized, and they had been by the fighting, the fighting around the dreamland, the gunshots, the firing, people murdered in that area. And uh, it, sometimes it's hard to find out who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. The SPLA are the, supposedly the good guys, but then they get ticked off, and they have some problems with the rebels, and the rebels get ticked off, and they take it off take it out on the civilians. That's the way warfare has always been. So we're not sure when we're going to be able to, to go back into the Sudan, but everybody say it's good news. good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's always good news. And when they had their church service Sunday, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe God's working on my vanity. I don't, I, I'd like to think I don't have any vanity, but when I got there, I told San, uh, uh, Stanley, I said, now Stanley, I don't have to preach the message this Sunday. Uh, he's always having me preach anytime I'm there on a Sunday. I said, I don't have the, to preach the message this Sunday. He says, well, you can't anyway. <laughs> he said, that the United Nations won't let you. And uh, so we were at their church service, though, and it was really awesome. The, when they come together and praise the Lord, you'd never know the hardship they were going through during the course of that service. And uh, so it was awesome when a lot of the Sudanese people came together. But we are believing that they're going to be out of there shortly. The Word of God 
and you hear me, hear me share this a lot, but it's in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says that peril, in the end times, perilous times are coming, and that they're going to sweep the world, and that it even tells us why it's going to happen, because <clears throat> turn to your name and say, I understand my pastor's heart. You should, unless you're a visitor. Uh, I'm sitting there one night at the camp, and, uh, and I'm just kind of weeping. I, I'm kind of off to myself. There are a lot of people running around. And then when we got back to the hotel where we were staying, because we can't stay at the camp overnight. Uh, they're very strict on that. And I'm just I'm sitting there weeping again. And I said, God, where are you? Have you ever wondered, where's God? And, uh, and I said, God, where are you? Uh, we can take care of these children, hopefully, that we're assigned, but what about all these other children? You take 70% of 58,000, that's over 40,000 children. And you can just see them as young as just toddling around. And, uh, and here we are in our hotel with food to eat and place to lay our head and all. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, I'm right here. I'm right here. And uh, I said, well, what, what's happening in the world? And, and if you read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says that the, there will be perilous times, and then it describes a lot of the people and what they'll be doing, slanderers, haughty, and all that. But what the Lord took me to is the thing that just exploded in my spirit. They will be self-seeking they will be all about themselves. They won't be about the hurting people of the world. They'll all turn inward and start thinking about themselves. <clears throat> and I thought about our country and other countries where when governments begin to have problems, many times it's because the people in power are self-seeking, walking away from the things of God and thinking only about themselves. And that's predominant in the whole world today. It's predominant in the United Nations, and we have to make sure that we're on guard, that we don't go the way of the world. All of us have had an opportunity at one time or another to say, what about me? All of the stuff that's going on, why is it happening to me? What about me? Why are they treating me this way? We need to get our mind and our spirit focused on what are the needs in the world that you have assigned to me, and what do you want me to do about it? You can go ahead and throw up a few pictures there, and let's just walk through them while we're going. I don't know what you're going to see. I haven't even seen them. Uh, these are probably some of the pictures of the children that Brad took over there. Some of them got some pretty good-looking smile. This, this is the first one. He is just absolutely... You know, I, I don't think he has a clue what's going on, but he is just smiling. I don't even know if it's a girl or boy, but he just precious, eating some meal that they're putting together there and all, and then you can just ride through, slide through a couple other. But they're all somewhat in a state of trauma. And as I walked through the camp and talked with Stanley, I kept thinking, what are we going to do? 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 How is the world going to change? But if you study 2 Timothy 3 and 2 Timothy 4, it says that the people of God are going to be thoroughly prepared for what's happening. In other words, we are going to be turned so outward toward the needs of people everywhere that we go, we aren't going to even be thinking about ourselves. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that's a new thought. Don't think about yourself. Think about what can I do to further the kingdom of God? Who am I going to tell about Jesus? I don't care what somebody says to me. And you start focusing on what God is calling you to do. While we were over there, we were able to plant uh, quite a bit of money, thanks to you and other people from extended areas outside of our church. We were able to plant quite a bit of money in there. We were running about three to $400 every two days, sometimes three days of food, going into the market, getting the food, feed the hungry was there for one day and helped us greatly to get uh, acclimated to the area. But then after that, we were able to start getting food in the local market and bring it back. And we'll have some video footage of that coming up very shortly. And not, not today, but, but later on. But what happened was we were able to start helping them. And, and then in my prayer journal, t turn to your neighbor and tell them, I can do whatever God said. I can do whatever God said. 
So it isn't doom and gloom, but it is getting darker and darker and darker. But the light of God is intensifying. And, and I prayed, I said, God, what, what is the answer? And, and I felt like the Lord said, my love. My love will dispel darkness always. My love will always dispel darkness. And that in perilous times, as it gets darker and darker and darker, sometimes we have a tendency to strike out against the people in the darkness and be upset with them. May I see the hands of all the people that every once in a while you get upset with somebody because they're not handling you, treating you the way you should. May I see your hands? That is a self-seeking person. Thank you for raising your hands first so I could zap you with it. But that is a self-seeking person. Well, why do they do that to me? Well, they may not like you, and probably they don't like you. But you can concentrate on what's going wrong in your life by the way people are treating you, or you can concentrate on the fact that I'm on divine assignment by God. It doesn't matter how anybody treats me. I know how God treats me, and God takes care of me, and God takes care of everything pertaining to me. So, therefore, I know what I'm called to do, and God will supply every need. Everybody say every. He'll supply every need. And I'm over there and I'm praying about it and I'm talking to Pam and, and I said, honey, they just need, they need transportation. The good news is that there's a ministry in Kitkum, Uganda that has agreed to take all of the children. We need to give the Lord a hand right now. All 200, well, it won't be 200, 128 children, 30 staff, 158, probably about 170 when it's all said and done. A gentleman by the name of John Paul over there said, you bring those kids to me, and Stanley can be here and direct the whole operation, and they can live here as long as they have to live here. He is the director of the Irene Gleason Foundation, and I recommend the book, and I haven't even read it, but I just know enough about this lady. She's going on to heaven. She went over there, and she helped one orphan she has in her organization now, and again, she's in heaven, over 4,000 thousand orphans they're ministering to every moment of every day and she had no money and started out by trusting God. Turn to your money and say trusting God is better than money. Sometimes we work on this earth to raise a bunch of money only to figure out that we're going to give it to our kids or aunts or in-laws or uncles or whatever. My goodness, why don't we just go ahead and promote the kingdom of God. And so in my prayer journal I've got written down here we just really need to help Stanley. Just really need to help him. He can't be landlocked. He's got to be mobile. We knew we were only there for about 10 days, and we needed to get in, get out, and let him do what he's doing over there. And I kept thinking, well, I, I went to Stanley, and I said, Stanley, what is the one thing that you need that would bless you most? And he said, a land cruiser. I said, a land cruiser? He said, yeah. And I said, how much are they? And he said, well, knew they're about $50,000. And I said, whoa, that's a lot of money. And then, and then as soon as I said that, I was really checked in my spirit by the Lord. How many of you realize God's got a lot of money? He's got a lot of money. He's got a big bank up there, and it's all zeros. I mean, whether it's 45 or 450 or 45,000 or 450 million, it doesn't really matter. If you're doing what God said, he, now listen to this, he is responsible to pay for it. God will never have you assigned to do a job for him, and then you loan the money to God to do the job. That's not how it works. Tell your neighbor, that's not how it works. So we're over there, and I just, I can't get this Land Cruiser out of me. Can't get this Land Cruiser out of me. It's like $45,000. And some of you probably got an email we sent out about it, and, you know, I didn't know what we we're going to do. And so we're going down the street, and, and first of all, we, we do find a Land Cruiser over there. It's a $50,000 new Land Cruiser. It was made in uh, 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 the year is 2013, only has 46,000 miles on it. I don't think we have a picture of it that probably, you don't have a picture of it back there. If you do put it up otherwise, I don't think we have one. And it's just abs, there, yeah, there it is. A little elongated, but that's it. It's not quite, but, but it, it got bigger, Red. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we, we we're sitting in this restaurant where, the, where it is, and, uh, and we got this guy called Moses. I think it's just such a fitting name, how he parts the sea. Moses is there with us. He's an, a relative of Stanley. Stanley's not with us. He's with the kids. 
And, we're, and, and uh, I said, who's going to negotiate for this land cruiser? I said, we don't need a white guy from America negotiating with an African over here in Uganda. They know what they're doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. And Moses said, he's, uh, he's uh, Af- uh, Ugandan, and Moses said, uh, no, he's Sudanese. And he said, uh, I'll take care of it. And so they are negotiating. I'm telling you why. I, I cannot explain what all happened, but it's like, whoa, these guys were friends a minute ago, and now they seem like they're really enemies and I'm expecting fish to fly, but pretty soon they, they, and then all of a sudden they're very happy. They're very happy, and they come up with a figure. And uh, this $50,000 Land Cruiser, and I keep, keep interjecting every once in a while, and I realize I need to shut up, but these are orphans. These are kids. These are, you know, it would be a great thing to God. And the guy selling Land Cruiser is like, so what's your point? <laughs> it, was, it just wasn't going over really big, so finally I decided to stay out of it. Well, they ended up, uh, $17,500 for the land, for a $50,000 land cruiser. It was only three years old. And I thought, my goodness, that's a great deal. And I said, Moses, what is that? And he says, this is a miracle. Yeah, so he got it. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. <laughs> but we don't have any money. We don't have any money. We have letters going out, but we don't have any money. And so we're driving down the street and we say, okay, we'll, we'll let you know the next day. So we're driving down the street and and, uh, and I thought, I saw the sign Barclay Bank. And I thought, Barclay Bank. I said, let's go in Barclay Bank. And let's see what we can do. I got a charge card. What the heck? Thank God for plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, I went in Barclay Bank, and I told this guy, I said, uh, hey, I need $15,000. And he said, uh, okay. And he looked at me, you know, kind of funny. And I said, I got a charge card here. I said, uh, can I get $15,000? I said, uh, uh, he said, no, you can't do that. And I said, okay, why can't I do it? And he said, well, you can only get $1,000 here uh, per charge card. And I said, well, I got three charge cards. And uh, he, said, he said, well, that's only $3,000. And I said, well, that's not enough. And he just kind of looked at me like blank, like I've already explained this to you. And I said, that's not enough. And, uh, and I said, I need $15,000, and we're on a mission from God. And he said, uh, <laughs> he said oh, this is all I can give you. And I said, well, find somebody who can give me more. And uh, he just kind of looked at me, and he said, okay. So he, he left. He came back a few minutes later, and he said, okay, we'll give you $5,000 a card. Now we got $15,000. So we're sitting there. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. I haven't consulted the finance committee. I haven't consulted the trustees. And you know what? Please understand me right, because we got some members of both of them here. If you're on assignment from God, and you're doing what God's called you to do, you better not wait for a slip of paper or approval to do it. And in the hotel that we're staying at, we had a guy from the United Methodist Church, and he was explaining to me how designated funds work and how money works and everything. And he was hearing some of the, what we were doing with food and all. He said, how do you get that money so fast? I said, I don't know. We just commit to it, and somebody gives it to us, and we give it away. And he says, don't you have to account for every penny of it? And I said, if we do, we're doing a lousy job. <laughs> he said, I could <laughs> Right, Pam. <laughs> so, so he said, he, he said, well, how do you know you can trust all the people you're dealing with? And I said, well, number one, you never, you should never deal with people you don't trust. And if you deal with people you, you trust, then you know they're going to do what's best, even though they may not be able to validate everything that you're doing along the way. And again, you just have to be there. And so we 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 get this get committed for this fifteen thousand dollars, and I've got. Uh, a, a church card, a Victory World Outreach card, and a personal card. And I think, this is great. So I go in, and the first one goes through, $5,000. It's kind of exciting. It feels like they're looking at you like James Bond-type stuff, you know. It's like, and, and if you're standing there, and, and, and you're not in a private room. There's traffic going in and out, and people over there are somewhat impoverished. And he's counting out $5,000 in $100 bills and handing them to you right in front of everybody. And you see people going by like, whoa, <laughs> rich American or something. I don't know. So the first pile, oh, no, wait, that's not true. We didn't get the money until later. There's two separate events. But anyway, so they do the first five, uh, he, he approves the first $5,000, and then I give him the Victory World Outreach card, and he approves the second $5,000, and then I give him my personal card, and it comes back disapproved. <laughs> I think, oh, uh, crap. I, holy. <laughs> Excuse me. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I'm standing there, say, hey, Brad, you got a charge card? Brad. <laughs> Brad says, yeah, I got one. I said, well, I need five grand. Hand it over here. So he, he gives me his charge card, and I give him the, I give the charge card, and he runs through and needs your PIN number. I said, you got a PIN number on a charge card? And he said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so we're standing there, and I think, we need this five grand, and we need it now. And so Brad said, well, there's only one number it could be if I used a number. And he put it in. Thank you, Jesus. It was the right number. Give the Lord a hand. Now they're counting out all these brand new and they're counting them all out and people are watching and I'm thinking, I want to take it and get out of here and stick it in my pocket. I think, wait a minute, that count was a machine. It went like that and you know, you've all seen the machines like that. I thought, I haven't counted it. I don't know if that's $5,000 or not. I thought, well, we got to count it. So we stood there and counted $15,000. Finally got it in there, got it tucked away, and were able to buy that Land Cruiser. It is awesome. Stanley was so excited. Now, God bought the Land Cruiser. The day before, and you won't be able to see the video footage today, I'm sharing all this because, let's just say, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches, in glory. Barclay Bank was a catalyst that God used, but Barclay Bank didn't give us that money. God gave us that money. And God will pay for that money if we owe somebody or if you have it. I'm not saying go out and be foolish with plastic, but if God tells you to do it, do it, and he'll take care of you. God will always cover you if you do what God tells you to do. So anyway, within, uh, I think I'm getting lost in the story. What was I going to say? Pam, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, the day before, I'm sitting there with Stanley, and we're kind of doing an interview session underneath the tree. The United Nations will not let you video or photograph in there. So what did we do? We videoed and photographed. Uh, but what we had to do was circle the vehicles around where we were. This, this was really, I can't describe it, but it was kind of like a little bit of a cloak and dagger type thing. These UN vehicles, you got to be careful with the UN. They do some good. They do some bad. But you always have to check the motives of the heart of people. I really have a question with the motive of the heart. But these vehicles are eerie. They go up and down the street, and they look at everybody with penetrating eyes, like they control you. And I would just be really concerned about the United Nations. But, so we're under the tree interviewing Stanley, and we're talking about we need this land cruiser and how important it is, and that if God really wants us to have it, this is before we had it, and then within 24 hours, we have it. But now, we've got another interesting challenge. Now we owe somebody $15,000 on top of that. One of them being Brad at $5,000. One of them being Victory World Outreach that didn't have any money when I charged it, or maybe a couple of dollars. And one being Victory Christian Center. I had no idea how much we had, but I knew the card would sustain it. So now we've got $15,000, and I could be wrong on this amount of time. But within 24 hours, we had over $15,000 come in to pay for the Land Cruiser. Our currency says on demand or something. I don't remember. I haven't looked at a bill for a long time that closely. But you don't make God do anything. But when you put a demand on God for what he's called you to do, it's always going to be met. Does that make sense? God said, go over here in this vehicle. There's a demand on God for the gas. There's a demand on God for the vehicle. Not saying, give me that. It is God. I'm doing what you called me to do, and I know you're going to take care of it. So I am speaking and asking for every need you have to take care of it.
You look up the word ask, and one of the definitions of is to make a demand. In other words, when you go to the bank to withdraw money that you put in there, you are making a demand on the bank to pull that money out. When you're doing what God has called you to do, you are making a demand in the realm of the Spirit to pull forth the blessings of God. If you're trying to use it on yourself, you're wasting your time. Self-seeking people are tormented, they have problems in their life, and they open the door to the devil. And I want to give you the scripture for this because when I was asking God, where are you? What is going on in the world? All I could think of over there is you would have thought I was having a nervous breakdown, but I just, I, I just cried all the time. Because I saw these needs and all these people and all this going on and, and, and the fighting is still going on back in, in Yay and not everybody got out of Yay. And then it's like I focused over here on Rhino Camp and I says, oh my goodness, there are thousands of these camps all over the world. The Middle East is ready to explode. Uh, 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 all over the world are these huge migration of people that are displaced that have nothing. And then we're thinking about all these other things. And what about the people back in Ye? Who's going to take care of them? They're still there. There are four people guarding the orphanage. <laughs> four people, but they got the ministering angels. Four people guarding the ministering angels saying, don't come here or we will pray you to whatever. You know, they don't have weapons. They don't have weapons. The reason Stanley didn't want to have weapons, I, I said, you know, being a, just a typical American thing, why don't they have weapons? And he said, what are they going to do with weapons against uh, two, three hundred people that come? And I said, all, all I want is their presence there to know this land is occupied. And don't come in and squat. This is, this is our land. And that the SPLA and the rebels and everybody just pray for them and believe they'll go on by. So we got the, uh, the house that is built for Stanley is just about finished. A little bit of roof work, the water, the, uh, the, uh, I have pictures of it. I don't know if we have, I don't think we have them here. But they took the solar panels from the house and took them all the way up, they're real heavy, they took them all the way up on a, with a crane up on top of the water tower and welded them to the top of the water tower so nobody will steal them. We're believing that they're going to stay, but I, I believe the ministering angels have encamped around about that house. So then, all of this applies to you and where you are in your life. See, if you look at the uh, Word of God in the book of James, chapter 3, verses 15 through 16 or 18, somewhere in there, it says, and this is what God said, the problem in the world today is that they don't love me the way I told them to love me, and that if they love me, they would do what I've called them to do, and they wouldn't open the door to the devil, and that the door to the devil is being opened by people who do not walk in my love for other people, but they only think about themselves. And I was thinking about our government. I was thinking about governments of the world. Almost all people of the world, I don't know if this is a total fact, but what I believe, people can get along. People of any race, any color, any economic background, they can get along with one another. It's always the governments that have the problem of dealing with one another and causing war and rumors of war and all of the things that Jesus said would intensify and so, when I read that scripture, it said self-seeking people will, uh, 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 envy and self-seeking people, that it will open the door to every e confusion and every evil work. Does evil seem to be intensifying? Yeah. What happened? I believe the Lord showed me we're opening the door. We're all about ourselves. I have never seen in America so many self-centered people. And a couple of people that I've had opportunities to deal with, I've said, this is what God showed me about you. And that if you don't change, you're not going to fulfill your God-given destiny. You are a self-seeking person. Divorce is all about self-seeking people. Uh, uh, people that are angry and hatred, that's a self-seeking person. You never have to be angry or hateful. Uh, I think it was Dr. King who said hate never eliminated hate. Only love would eliminate hate. He said, oh, only love will eliminate things. Uh, anger won't eliminate anger. More anger won't eliminate anger. Love will eliminate anger. And, and when you walk in love, you will fulfill God's uh, golden rule, His divine plan. And that what we're doing 
in the world, all over the world, is we're opening the door to the devil by thinking about ourselves. Now, all of us can think, well, yeah, the pride and all that kind of stuff. How about the fact that, you know what, I feel like God's telling me to do this, but I'm not going to do it because I just don't know if I can do it. That's a self-seeking person. How about fear? That's a self-seeking person. That's a person who's thinking about themselves. What if I do this and what if something bad happens to me? That's a self-seeking person. You don't realize it, but most of us and many of us think about ourselves all the time, and we shouldn't ever think about ourselves. We should think about what am I doing for God? I'm on assignment for God. What has he called me to do? So turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm not going to be thinking about myself anymore. I, he, I hear people say this. I hear people say this. That's just my personality. I'll say it again. I want you all to listen to this. I hear people say this. That's just my personality. I think about myself all the time. You always have the door to the devil open in your life, if that's you. Because the devil comes in. Every evil work and confusion when you're thinking about yourself. But when you're thinking about others, you won't have that. You'll have the power of God moving in your life. You'll have compassion. You'll have love. You'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll be on an assignment from God moving. So, we get in the Land Cruiser. We're so excited. The kids are going to get dismissed from the United Nations camp, and it's not working out the way they thought we, we thought it would because they got to come and tag every kid like a piece of meat at an agricultural show, and they got to tag their arm and tag their leg and do biometric checks on them for over 200 people in the camp, not just the kids, everybody. So we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and getting food up there. And, you know, it looks like everything is going really good. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, what are we going to do about all the people in Yay? God has you on an assignment. Turn to your name and say, you're on assignment. And if you're walking around with your prayer journal all the time, not trying to remember everything God said, you're going to be living out of this thing. And so I got my prayer journal, and I'm walking around with this thing, and I'm thinking, God, I, what about the I can't get out of me the people in Yay. What about the people in Yay? There's fighting going on there. They have food. There's 35 acres of corn sitting at Operation Joseph, ready to be harvested, and they can't get to it because of the rebels. And I'm thinking, God, what are we going to do? Are you, what, why, why, do I, why can I not stop thinking about the people in Yay? And, and I just keep seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. I said, Sammy, what about the people in Yay? And he said, they need help. I said, what do they need? And he said, they need food. They're running out of food. They're beginning to starve. And I said, well, why don't we get them food? And he said, well, we don't know how to get it there. And I said, well, if we figure out how to get it there, what can we do? Well, I, I can't go through all the details, but Feed the Hungry was over there. And praise God for Feed the Hungry. There's an awesome organization. And uh, so I called Feed the Hungry. I called uh, uh, Samaritan's Purse. And I said, listen, we want to... <laughs> I did not know what I was doing other than I knew what God was doing. Does that make sense to you? I know what's in here. I'm trying to get it here because this thing's not cooperating, but I know what's in here, and I know what's in here. And so I called up Samaritan's person. I said, we need, <laughs> we need to fly a plane into Yay, and we need to fly it in full of food. And he said, no, we can't do that. It's too dangerous. I said, well, why can't you? And he said, just too dangerous. And I said, well, what if we tell you it's not too dangerous? He said, well, we'd have to have somebody on the ground. I said, well, what if we found somebody on the ground? And it said, well, we might be able to do it. I'm not sure. But, you know, call me back when you get somebody on the ground. And so, okay. I said, why did I say that? That's what I thought. Why did I say that? And then, and then we call Feed the Hungry and we say, we need food to fly into Yay. How much can you give us? And he said, well, do you have an airplane? I said, yeah, we'll get one. Why did I say that? We don't have a... <laughs> This is, what, this is really what I thought. How hard can it be to get an airplane? They're flying all, I can see them. They're flying all over. <laughs> so we called Feed the Hungry, and they, and they called back a few minutes later. And he said, uh, okay, do you have somebody on the ground? I said, yeah, we'll have somebody on the ground. I don't know if we're going to have somebody on the ground. <laughs> we'll have somebody on the ground. And the guy says, okay, let me call you right back. I get a hold of our coordinator in Kampala. He calls me right back from Kampala. And he's got, he says, yep, Solomon's over there, and he's got two ton of food. I said, I do? He said, yep, tell us when you're ready to have it. I said, wow, now back to holy crap. <laughs> now, I got, now I got two tons of food. <laughs> and I said, that is really great. And so, so we, we call and we call around and call around. Everything is really going good. And I think, God, are you sure you want to use me? Now, part of me is excited. 
I just can't tell you how excited I am. And part of me is like, oh, glory to God, what am I doing? And uh, bouncing it off of Brad as we go. And Brad, now, Brad is 100% for what we're doing, no, no question. But I am sure that he sometimes had a question like, do you really know what you're doing? <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but I know what I'm feeling in my spirit. So, so finally, we're, uh, we called MAF, Missionary Aviation, and, and we tried to get them to get involved. And I'm saying this because you, in your life, God has a similar assignment. It might be in your neighborhood. It might be in your place of work. But you are on assignment from God, and money will never be an obstacle. But if you think about yourself, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have this. 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 You'll never, you'll never move out. You'll lock up in fear. You know why you lock up in fear? Not the devil. Your fault. Because you're a self-seeking person. A self-seeking person walks away from love. Perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear. And every once in a while over there I would say, God, I must not be loving you enough because I'm sure feeling a little bit of fear here because I don't know how we're going to do it. But I know that you can do it. So nothing seemed to work out with the airplane. So we got the food, got the airplane. This just amazes me. How can you not always be amazed by God? I don't know, but sometimes I seem to be more amazed than others. And so I'm thinking, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so I called up Eagle Air. It's an airline we use over there sometimes. And I said, hey, uh, are you guys still flying NDA? And said, yep. And I said, well, I, I want to get a plane to fly cargo in. And it says, yeah, we can, we can do that. And I says, great. And they said, how much? What's the payload? And I said, two tons. So, yep, we've got a plane for that. We've got a plane for two tons. And I said, okay, we'll fly in two tons of food. And they said, yeah. So I got everything committed with Eagle Air, and I was waiting for the very last because I knew if I got it up front, I wouldn't proceed with what I was doing. And I said, by the way, what does that cost? <laughs> And I said, uh, I have to call you back. And I thought, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that you call me back. That means big figures. And uh, so she called back. She said, well, that would be $6,750. I said, Brad, you got another credit card? <laughs> <laughs> so now we got a plane ready to go, $6,750. We don't know for sure that the food can get in. I've told them we'll have somebody on the ground. And I don't even know anybody left in Yay other than Anthony, and he's out guarding the dreamland. So we pull into this complex in this hotel to hold a meeting because the place where we were holding the meeting to finish the work of, for the van was just kind of seedy. And so we went into this hotel where we knew the hotel, and we pulled into the hotel, and we get out of the car and the man who is trying to coordinate the food into Ye is the bishop of an Episcopalian church. He's in Ye. He's having trouble getting out. And he is standing in the driveway of the hotel. He had just arrived and gotten out of Ye and come in. And he's standing in the driveway. I mean, I got goosebumps. Pastor uh, Bishop Hillary. And we said, Bishop Hillary... We can get food into you. Could you coordinate it? He said, I'll be at the airfield with my uh, cell phone. I'll have the SPLA Army there, and we will, we will guard that. They will guard that shipment all the way into my compound, and we'll use my compound as a distribution center. Glory to God. I'll tell you, give the Lord a hand. It just, he sovereignly, sovereignly got that guy at that moment in that place. So now, it's still a work in motion. We don't have it done. Turn to your name and tell them, you are a work in motion. You are a work in motion. But we got the food. We got everything we need. Now, how much money do we need if we do it with Eagle Air? I'm still believing for Samaritan's Purse to do it because they raise their own funds and there's no charge. I don't think there's a charge. I don't know that for a fact. No, I do know that for a fact now. There's no charge. They're going to do it. So anyway, but if they do it. Now, what we have is $6,750. Well, can we really afford that much? What is a human life worth? What is a human life worth? Is it worth $6,750 or is it only worth $4,000? Or do we draw the line at $2,000? I don't believe God wants us to draw a line based on money ever. We cannot outspend God if we're doing what God called us to do. 
The money will always be there. But if you get out of position in your life and you're all about yourself, I want a new car. That's a whole nother story. I want a new car. And you try to buy a new car. Why not let God take care of that for you? Uh, what, the, why? Matthew 6, if you ever study Matthew 6, don't worry about yourself. Don't be concerned about yourself. Can't God do it all? Go ahead and just start running some pictures as I talk. Uh, just let them flow. Uh, <clears throat> God can do anything for you. And if you're planting the seed in the ground that God's called you to plant, then don't grow worry and well-doing because in due season, Galatians 6, you will reap everything God wants you to have. The blessings of God are coming upon us and overtaking us as we do the work of God and the will of God. And that God's got a divine assignment for you to accomplish on this earth. And so as, as, I, as I share some of these scriptures here and as we kind of bring it to a close, this is what God said. Uh, it was, uh, right now there are a million refugees that are just, just roaming around. I got this in the mail the other day from a guy, uh, a wise physician once said, the best medicine for humans is love. And someone asked, what if it doesn't work? And the physician smiled and said, said increase the dosage. Increase the dosage. Because love will never fail. If you love people, you will always be believing the best for people. You'll never talk about people. You'll always want to encourage, exhort, and edify people. And this is, this is a, a, a thing from Franklin Graham, that the, the greatest catastrophe on the face of the earth today is the South Sudan. Uh, this is not the letter that I carried over there. I can't find it. I carried it with me over there. I've carried this letter, representing that letter, since 2007, or I think it was 2007, that's been nine years, and the, the orphan that, I, uh, that we sponsor, uh, but I've got a boy, she's got a girl, and now we both got a girl together. They're, they're so cute. It's Bill Abbey, and I was first attracted to his name. I thought it was a cool name, uh, Bill. And so we started, we started sponsoring him, and, uh, and he wrote me a letter that I've carried. I've had it. He, he wrote it, I don't know, about 2012, 2013. But it said, Dear Pastor Bill, I want you to know how much I love you, how much I appreciate you. It was so good to see you when you were over here. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for being my dad. Thank you for all the things that you do for me. I want you to know that I pray for you every, every day. And uh, I just love you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again, your son. Bill. And uh, I saw him while we were over there. We spent some time together talking. And, and, I, and as, I as I talked to him, uh, we're just sitting under a shade tree. And I said, I know all of you like, that are involved with the orphans would like to do the same thing. And I hope someday you do. But it's just the most precious moment. Just sitting there talking to Bill. I said, Bill, what do you, what do you want to be? What, what, what do you want to be when you, when you just really move on out of here with your life? He said, I want to be a leader like Pastor Stanley. I want to help people, and I want to lead people. And I just was so impressed with, with him. And uh, Bill doesn't smile a lot because he's been through a lot of trauma. And uh, I said, Bill, how about if we take one picture? Because I don't want these kids to smile that don't feel like smiling. You know, you've got you to minister to them right where they are. And I said, how about one picture? with you smiling with me. And <laughs> he took a picture with me, and, and I have it. And I just thank God for him. A little boy walking on the beach, throwing the starfish back, one at a time. And the older man came by. And you've all heard this story. The older man came by and said, Son, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving the starfish. And they said, You can't possibly save all of these starfish. And the little boy said, yeah, I know you're right. I can't save them all, but I can save this one. And I threw it back. We can't save all 58,000 people at that place. God, if God tells us to, we'll try, but I don't know what to do. God does. God's got other people assigned. I believe God's got people on assignment all over this world that aren't answering their assignment because all they think about is themselves. 
what's my next meal, where are the clothes going to be that I come from, and I don't want to put you under condemnation. We all buy clothes. I have to buy clothes. I gave all my clothes away while I was there. I came home with no clothes. It looked really funny on the airplane. No, I'm just, <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Trying to lighten it up a little bit. I, I just, I'm just kidding. But, but, uh, but, but part of me feels awkward to go out and buy some clothes because I don't have any now. And part of me says, well, that'd be fun. Uh, but you'll never, ever miss God by loving people. And the key is in Matthew chapter 12 from the very beginning. God said the greatest commandment is this, to love me with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, and to love your fellow man as yourself. And that if our love becomes so strong for God, we will never be thinking about ourselves. We'll always be able to think about God. And listen to this. When you're walking with God, hand in hand, in love, your marriage will be stronger, your mind will be stronger, your health will be stronger, everything about you will be changed for the better. And when you have that kind of love, you will never ever be a self-seeking person. You will be a person who shuts out the devil because the devil opens the door by making people believe a lie about themselves and become self-seeking. And as we close this message today, I want to do two things. We have had some tremendous expenses regarding the Dreamland Children's Home. Uh, not all sponsors able to sponsor. We never, ever leave money short. We make it up through the church. Uh, we have had really and truly just a lot of expenses. And not only that, but we're going to have more expenses. I know that. And that we're going to receive a second offering today. And just pray and do whatever you feel the Lord's showing you to do. I know some of you may want to give. Some of you may not want to. That's fine. But we're going to get a little bit of a cushion so that we can be ready to respond. Not sending out emails, but having that cushion ready to go. So that when the needs for the church are involved and the money that we're supplementing to meet those needs of the Sudan, and not only the Sudan, I believe other areas. I believe God has us on assignment. And I believe as we do this, our land, our building, God's going to take care of that. Our needs, God's going to take care of all of that. And we have eight children that do not have sponsors. Some of the sponsors were not able to keep up with it. We have never gone after a sponsor to say to the sponsor, you're behind on your sponsorship. I said that from the very beginning, and I've, I just still feel the same way. If you can afford to sponsor a child, do it. If you can't afford, let us know, and we understand. We'll reassign it, and many times we'll try to cover for you as best we can. But there are eight children here that need sponsors. Sandy, one of these children, was that girl actually 20 years old? I read her bio. She's 20 years old. Stanley took in a 20-year-old girl who's probably a little bit behind the curve. As a matter of fact, I'm sure she is. I saw her there. And, and uh, uh, he's, they come and dump him on his doorstep and say, this person's living on the streets. And Stanley just, he, he, he is such a godly, godly man. But there are eight orphans that need to be sponsored. Sandy will be at the table right back here in the back at the end of this service. And if you want to sit, you have these? Okay, and uh, she will sign you up. I guarantee you this, you will be blessed by your, by your sponsor. Always good news about something. Not good news about the fact that they had to leave the dreamland, but good news that right now, when they get to uh, uh, Kitcom and they get to the Irene Gleason Foundation, we will have a bank account right there in that city for them. We will have a P.O. box where everybody will be able to start writing letters, and everybody on a regular basis will be getting letters from your children because in Yay, they don't have mail service. But in Kitcom, we will be able to take care of it and have all of that stuff flowing. And so when you look at at the Word of God and what it has to say, if you and I will walk with love, our compassion will grow and grow and grow and grow. And instead of judging people and wondering about people, we will be part of the army of God to meet the needs of people. Can you say amen to that? So right now, on the way in here, and I know I'm going to go a couple of minutes early, 
The UN would not let Stanley leave. We had buses lined up. We took care of the transportation coming out of Yale with the tr dump trucks and everything that they had. It was very dangerous. We had buses lined up to bus them to Kitcom and the United Nations put a stop to it. And they said, nope, you kids can't leave. So they didn't leave Friday and Brad and I were, were leaving Thursday. We thought they were leaving and got to the airport and find out that they put a hold on it and the kids couldn't get out. And I prayed and prayed and prayed at that airport. And I said, God, I don't want to leave until the kids are out. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to go. I'll take care of all of it. You'd just be a burden on, Standy, uh, on Stanley if you stay. And so we went ahead and, and we left. This, and I, couldn't get, I haven't been able to get through to Stanley since we left. Time, trouble, phone situation is absolutely horrible. This morning, just before the service, I got a hold of Stanley. And I said, Stanley, are you out yet? And he said, no, not yet. But the United Nations sent a special emissary to us, and the government of Uganda sent a special emissary to us because they heard of our plight. And they have met with us, and they have told us that they're going to see the prime minister Monday morning, and that they feel that everything has been taken care of, and that the government of Uganda will give us a personal courier who will go with our convoy, and we will leave Tuesday and go to the Irene Gleason Foundation. Let's give up, man. Let's all stand. God is a good God, and God will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. Do we have it? We do. Sit down just for a minute. Do we have the volume? Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's all, let's all stand. Chris said, uh, when Mike passed on to heaven, Chris had wanted to give some money toward a project there for the van, and she did. And the van will have an engraved little memorial dedicated to the glory of God and the remembrance of Mike Buckmiller. You can never, ever outgive God. Anybody here doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Anybody here on the way to hell and doesn't know it? <laughs> Is there anybody here that has never asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior? Anybody? 